0: This is the Living in Clarity podcast. I'm Coach Ratner, and there is no one else here today. We're talking about holy missiles. What are holy missiles? You know, uh, being here in Israel, we have to go to the bomb shelter occasionally, and the word for missile or missiles in Hebrew is tilim. Tilim was the Hebrew word, and if you add a hey to that word tilim, you get the word tehillim. What is tehillim? Tehillim is basically praises that we say to God when we're when, when we want to reach out to Him. It's basically just a talking to God, basically. And it got me thinking back um, a number of years ago. I was in Annapolis, uh, Annapolis, Maryland, and I went to see the Blue Angels. Now, the Blue Angels, what they are, is a uh, is a bunch of jet fighters from the U.S. Navy. And what they do is they go travel around the world, travel on the U.S., and they do shows. They do, like, these high-flying shows flying through the air. You know, they do uh, make little hearts in the sky with, you know, their with their um, contrails. And it's a great show and it's very popular. Millions of people, you know, hundreds of thousands of people come out to watch them to, to fly. <clears throat> so I'm driving back from the show in Annapolis, and I'm thinking to myself, guys, it was a nice show, but there was something missing. There was something that I, I couldn't place it when I first when I was driving home like what would bother me so much about this show this this airplane show and I finally figured it out have you ever been somewhere before like the beach the mountains and you've just been you know whatever hanging out next thing you know a jet flies over your head and f-16 and f-15 whatever it is and like whoa that is so cool and you look up and you see missiles under their wings and the reason why it's so cool besides the fact that it's going you know 1,000 miles an hour and it's loud, is that that pilot can push a button and in two seconds you're dead. Not even two seconds, two-tenths of a second you're dead. Why? He's got missiles under his wings. He can kill you in two, like, it's instantly. And when these jets are flying around for the Blue Angels, they don't have any missiles. What are those missiles? What are holy missiles? Holy missiles are what we use to fight hate. Holy missiles are what we use to connect to God. Holy missiles are what we need to have Although you got to have physical power, you got to have spiritual power. And how you get that spiritual power? You take telem, you add the hay, which you know Rashi brings down in Gemara that the yod and hay is basically God's creation of the world, the physical and spiritual world. And you take that hay, which is part of God's name, and you take missiles and you turn it into basically the power of us connecting to God. Now, what's amazing of what's happened with this war? Now, you don't think about this, but, like, when you read the Torah, you start learning Torah, you see predictions in the Torah right in front of your eyes. So what blew me away recently was that, like, you know, we have been reading the story of Abraham. And Abraham was born in the year 1948 on the Jewish calendar. And, of course, 1948 is also the same year that the state of Israel was founded, Uh, by the Gregorian calendar. I mean, that's kind of a coincidence. You know, okay, it's nice, it's really cute, same numbers, blah, blah, blah. Or whatever, right? But then when you look what happened this year, you know, uh, in the story we read a few weeks ago, that Abraham had this nephew, Lot. We don't see a lot about him in the Torah, but it says at one point they were both shepherds, and their shepherds, they had shepherds that worked for them. They weren't the only shepherds. (laughs) They had a conglomerate, you know, And uh, they were fighting with each other. They were like, you know, you're in my land. No, you're in my land. And Abraham said to his nephew Lot that, you know, you need to go left and I'll go right. You go right, I'll go left. Which is, you know, when you read the Torah, it's not a big deal. Oh, you go left, I go right. You go east, I go west, right? But most directions in the Torah are based on north, south, east, or west – or they use cities as directional points like you know east of Ai west of Shechem you know east of the of the Yam which is the Mediterranean Sea and they and and they use and they use that for directions but this is the only time in the Torah it says you go left and I go right which I don't think when Abraham was talking to his nephew Lot he was thinking of a political statement because now when you say left and right you're making a political statement and I don't think so but what happened in Israel before this horrible act, this t- terrorism we had on October 7th? We had fights between the left and the right. So, okay, another coincidence? I don't know. But when Avraham was asked to leave his country and go to Canaan, it was 75 years after he was born. 75 years after he was born is 2023. And also, which is kind of quite amazing, Lot got kidnapped. He was taken hostage by four kings. And Avraham had to go and save him. Why? Left and right. There was a fight between the left and the right. And Avraham didn't have to save, you know, we have different four kings today. It's not the ancient four kings. We have today Hamas and Hezbollah and Iran and Syria. We have the four kings today. It's just different four kings. And when you look in the Torah, you see that Avraham and Lot had to separate because one was wanted to go left and one to go right. And then Lot, Lot was kidnapped and Avraham had to save him. I mean, the whole story is right in front of us in the Torah. This is the Living and Clarity podcast, and I'm here at Faces International here in Jerusalem where they're taking orders from soldiers, the families of soldiers, and displaced families here in Israel who need lots of supplies, they need lots of help. Please donate today to faceinternational.co.il, and thank you so much for your support.: So how do we get our holy missiles? We have to see that we have to see, how do, we, how do we solve this problem? How do we you know, fulfill the mission of the Jewish people, make a world a safe place, make a world a holy place, make, you know, bring peace upon the earth? We have to do it what Avraham does, which basically is, you, know, connect to Hashem, connect to God, by singing praises to Hashem, by saying to heal him. You know he, um, one of Avraham's amazing traits was Chesed, kindness, that he always had his tent open on all four sides. Now, I remember when I when I uh, first started going through my Jewish journey, and we started hosting people at our house, and one time there's a situation back in in Maryland, where there was a family that had a the the wife's husband, uh, wife's father died, and they had a they go to funeral on a Friday afternoon near our house. They were from Milwaukee and they needed a place to stay for Shabbos because they couldn't get back to, you know, they couldn't get anywhere in time to stay for Shabbos. So <coughs> we hosted this family. We had no idea who they were, like like completely out of the blue. And I remember telling one of my relatives this, close relatives, and they go, how do you host someone you don't know? How do you like, I'm like, I don't know. That's what the Jewish people do. We host people that we don't know. We have our tents open on four sides. And not only that, we go out of our way to basically say little and do a lot. The Mishnah says, you know, say little, do a lot, which means when Abraham saw these three angels, these three people in the desert, and he had his tent open, he just had a bris, and he, uh, he says to them, you know what? Guys, come, 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 come. Lay under this tree. you will get some shade. I'll bring you some water to wash your feet off. And I'll give you a morsel to eat, a morsel of bread to eat. And what does he go and do? He goes and he and he gets a lamb and he gives it to his son uh, and he says, "Go, go cook this lamb." And he tells his wife to make some flour cakes and he goes and he gets some milk and he gives him a whole smorgasbord. board because that's what the Jewish people do. We say little and we do a lot, and for us to have our holy missiles and us to basically be, be, be fighting back with missiles under our wings, our our spiritual missiles, we have to connect to Hashem. You know when you. There's going to be movies and books about what happened here on October 7th, and we're going to see stories that are going to blow your mind. We're going to see stories just like 1948, just like 1967, where people are like, you know what? How do you not see God's hand in this? Even though it's a horrible situation, like how does why do bad things happen to good people? Like, that's a different that's a different story. But we're going to see God's hand in many, many cases of Him saving saving many people. I know for a fact that. Um, uh, One of my neighbors is very, very close friends with the head of Zaka and he said that there was a number of, of, uh, not kibbutzes, but like Moshav's. One of them was an observant one where they keep Shabbos, and they had their gates closed, and no one in their community died. But there was another one, which kind of blew my mind, where they had for years been going back and forth whether or not to close their gates on Shabbos. A lot of communities that keep Shabbos, what they do is, since no one's driving on Shabbos, no one's going to work, they just lock their gates, basically, so no one can get in and out, except maybe pedestrians. And uh, they've been fighting back and forth. And they finally decided this year, because this year, the holiday of Simchas Torah happened in Sukkot, fell on Shabbat. So it's kind of like a double holiday. So they decided that, you know what, this year we're going to lock the gates on Shabbos. And this one community that locked their gates, they had nine terrorists that tried to infiltrate. They shot every single one of them and no one in their community died. Just because they decided to close their gates on Shabbos. There's another story of a of, a, of an officer who was... Of fighting the terrorists, and he was injured in a ditch. And when the Israeli army finally came, they saw him in the ditch and they thought it was a terrorist. They're about to shoot him, and they saw his seat, his uh, we call Jew strings. We were they're, they're things we wear, you know, to remind us of all the mitzvahs. You see a lot of Jews, especially in Jerusalem, you know, wearing them. And uh, they saw them hanging off of a shirt, and they said, "Don't shoot! He's 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 one of us." And so we have all these amazing stories that are going to come out. Probably still too early because it's still you know, too fresh in our memory and we don't have all the stories yet, but eventually it will be books out and we're going to see all the amazing things that happen. But we can certainly see what happened in our story just by reading the Torah portion. You know, as a Jew, you got to have strong roots. You've got to have strong roots. If you don't know what your purpose of a Jew is, it's going to be hard to have spiritual missiles. It's going to be hard to fight back when, when your, times are rough. There was a, um, in Lakewood, New Jersey, in 2012, there was a Hurricane Sandy came hit the East Coast. And in these communities in Lakewood, a lot of them were built by developers. And they all have the same houses and the same yards and the same driveways and the same trees. And there was one community where half the trees fell from Hurricane Sandy, from the high winds. And they couldn't figure out why half fell and half didn't. And they did some research and they found out that the trees that fell had a sprinkler system. And what happens when you have a sprinkler system is that water comes to you on a regular basis, and the roots don't have to search for water. So the roots didn't have to work hard in order to to support themselves. The trees that didn't have the sprinkler sprinkler systems, they had to search for water. They had to go down deep. They had to look for water lower, lower, lower in the water table. And those deep roots kept that tree alive. That kept that tree standing, that kept that kept that tree erect when the strong winds came. The Jew, if we don't have our roots deep into the ground, next time we get a strong wind come through, next time we get challenges in our life, next time we have a horrible terrorist attack happen to us, we're not gonna be able to stand. And we're gonna fall. So as a Jew, as a Jew, you have to have deep roots. And sometimes those challenges that God sends us help us to make our roots stronger. We want to have our spiritual missiles. We want to take that tilim, those missiles that Hamas was sending to us on a daily basis, and add the hay and turn it into healing. And when we say words of praise to God, we say to healing, we'll have stronger roots. Thanks for listening to Living Clarity Podcast. I'll see you next time.